You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We are here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And our sponsor for today is Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is who covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we're back here. It is a Monday edition of the show. Kevin Ostriker here with you. And we're going to dive into the second mock draft Monday, a 2022 draft season for the Ravens. It's an exciting time for sure. The Ravens hold the 14th overall selection, one of the higher selections they've held in franchise history. And that just speaks to the competitiveness and the success that the team has had over their organizational history. And we'll dive into the mock draft that I did for mock draft Sunday. I put that out on my Twitter. And then also in the second and third segments, we're going to embrace the full mock draft Mondays. There's not a ton of Ravens news to talk about that happened over the weekend. So we can dive into two straight segments of mock drafts from Twitter. And what I mean by that is after that tweet that I put out the mock draft Sunday, I reposted on the lockdown Ravens Twitter account and I say, if you want to put your mock drafts below that, I will get to them on today's show. And if I don't get to them on today's show, I'll be trying to dive into them throughout the rest of the week. We got we got a great response for this week. And again, thank you to everybody who put in their mock drafts. It's really fun looking at these different perspectives, how different boards fell. And of course, I mean, I do read every single one of them, even if I don't read them out on the show, but I really do try throughout the week to get to every single one under that lockdown ravens that I put out. So let, let's dive into this mock draft Monday. Here today. Before we do that, though, we're looking for a thousand subscribers on YouTube here. That's been the goal since day one. That's the first goal. We obviously have check marks. We got a hit in that first one is 1,000 subscribers. So if you're here on YouTube, you see my face and my background, and you're viewing wherever you're viewing. I greatly appreciate everybody's already subscribed to the channel. And if you haven't, you're kind of on the fence about it. Well, I recommend it, and I think it would be great. So again, I appreciate everybody who will be subscribing in the future. Also, in audio form, thank you to everybody who's listening in audio form, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter at kostricker 34 and the Locked on Ravens Twitter account at Locked on Ravens. So let's dive into this Mock Draft Monday. So the tweet that I put out, the Mock Draft that I put out for Mock Draft Sunday I put out one that was very defensive oriented where the Ravens go draft a ton of defense and it got a little pushback on Twitter. I was, I was a little surprised and I'll reiterate the message that I put out the first mock draft I did here on this show. I'm going to switch it up every single week, right? I don't want to make this stale where every week I'm picking the same positions at every draft slot, the same players at every draft slot. So it's not going to be like, okay, offensive tackle first round always or second round always. Because boards can fall in different ways. When we get to draft night, we don't know how that's going to be. So I decided this week how the board felt to me. It was defensive-oriented, and that's how it goes. I'm I'm not going to force picks at certain positions if the player doesn't necessarily have the skill to be at that pick. You know, the Ravens have the best player available strategy. I don't think many anticipated the Ravens not taking an offensive or defensive tackle in the 2021 draft, but there they did it. And it shocked a lot of people, including myself. So these things, you know, I didn't, spoiler, I didn't take an offensive lineman until later in this draft and people, you know, they want offensive linemen. Hey, I want them too. 
and trust me, I would have liked to take an offensive lineman earlier here, but sometimes the board falls how it falls, and and that's what it is. So let's talk about this draft here. Pick number 14, I started off defense with David Ajabo, the edge out of Michigan. Now, there have been some varying mock drafts about where Ajabo is going to go. It feels like the 14, 15, 16 range is where his maximum pick, like that's where he's going to go at the very latest. It feels like, you know, Denver's an option in a couple of those early picks, like Denver, Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. Like pairing him with Brian Burns in Carolina would be a great pairing there. You also could look to the Giants, et cetera. But I don't know. I feel like if Ajabo's there at 14 for the Ravens, that's a pick that would be very, very enticing for them. Ajabo, obviously connections to Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, connections to Adafe Owe, who is the Ravens outside linebacker. Ajabo, very, very skilled athlete, someone who had a breakout year in 2021 for the Michigan Wolverines. And a lot of that, you know, he worked with Mike McDonald. He worked with Ryan Osborne, who came over from Michigan to the Ravens as a quality control guy. So that pipeline is there. And it wouldn't shock me for the Ravens to go out and take a job at 14 is very talented edge is I classify it as a big slash sneaky need because we don't know what's going to happen with Justin Houston, Pernell McPhee, Jalen Ferguson isn't really giving you a ton. Tyus Bowser, obviously, that Achilles injury, it hurt. So really, it's Adafi Owe and Dalen Hayes, who's coming off injuries of his own. Ravens need some edge rushers. And I think Ajabo would fill that need very well. He is a project-type player, but he's a project in the sense that he still can come in and contribute. He's not someone who you need to develop like off the field just in practice, and you can't play him for two or three years. He can step in day one and make an impact. And it's kind of the same type of thing with Adafi Owe. Now, Owe, I trust a bit more in run defense. He's more of a do-it-all type player. Ajabo, his pass rush skills can still be refined. And Owe, I know the, the knock on Owe coming out was, oh, he didn't have any sacks at Penn State in his final season. Like, you know, what are we doing here? But I think that pairing Owe and Ajabo, it wouldn't be a great story, but you can't just chase stories. It feel good stories at the NFL level. You have to have the talent as well. And I think Ajabo does have that talent for sure. It'll be a good pick at number 14. Then we go to 45 here. I took DeMarvin Leal, the interior defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Now, if the Ravens got Ajabo and Leal, their pass rush will be looking nice. <laughs> it will be looking nice. Leal is somebody who generates a mean interior pass rush, someone who is a dominant, dominant player. And if he's available here, it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, he's someone who could go in the late-ish, late first round, I project him to go in the early, early second. He's a player that is that good, but he's someone who is a force. He is a force in the run game as well. I mean, he has the potential to be a very dominant player, like right off the bat, like upper echelon type deal. Not, not the best, obviously. He's still got Aaron Donald in this league, but I think that what he can bring from an interior pass rush presence would be so huge for what this team needs and for what the Ravens have been looking for. I mean, they try to bring in Clayus Campbell, Derek Wolf. They're great in run defense but the interior pass rush really isn't there. Leal is a very versatile option as well, can play multiple positions on a defense. Ravens love their versatility. They also love their athletes. This draft is also very athlete-centric, so I think Leal would be a great pick at 45. 76, I took Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end of, out of Ohio State. Now, yes, yeah, 76 might be a tad early for a tight end for the Ravens. I, I do understand that there could be bigger needs, but again, the board just fell the way it did. Ruckert is... One of the best tight ends in this class, highly regarded, is someone who can do it all, good pass catcher. There are some people who aren't a fan of his game. I think he can make an impact as a third tight end in Baltimore. The Ravens have been missing that since Hayden Hurst. And then at 99, I picked Cam Taylor-Britt, the corner out of Nebraska. 
very solid athlete, someone who feels to always be around the ball, good get off speed can get really, he can run with receivers well and really good at closing in past breakups, good in the run game as well. I think that he is a solid all around player. And I know that like the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round, there are some solid corners in there. We talked about Elante Taylor last week. He's another guy out of Tennessee who could be good at that in that spot. But I think Tam Taylor Britt, if you watch highlights, you watch tape of him, he kind of pops off of it. He's someone who you, you you notice, and I think that's a good thing whenever you're talking about any player. Of course, in a good way. If he, if he pops off in a bad way, you're, you're not liking that. So for me, at least, I think that for what the Ravens have at corner, they could really use somebody in that mold, and I think Cam Taylor Britt would be a good option for them. At 108, I took Nick Cross, Maryland safety. So Nick Cross does not have to travel far for this team Is he – Hales from the University of Maryland. He's a do-it-all piece, can play multiple positions on a defense and can be moved around a ton. He is more of a project at this stage. You know, you can look to Brandon Stevens as kind of an example of a similar type trajectory where it feels like he will have to develop a bit more. Now, Stevens was obviously playing running back and then corner and then, and then in the safety, right? It was kind of a positional transition, whereas for Cross, you know, he's somebody who was very, very talented, but he is someone who is going to have to develop a bit more. So maybe again, a bit high for a developmental player, but the talent is there and he, he long-term projects into a very solid starter overall. 117, I took Damian Pierce running back out of Florida, one of the senior bowl standouts. And Pierce is somebody low to the ground. He He's under six feet, but very powerful back, has the potential to grow as a pass catcher, is solid in pass protection, but also has potential to grow there as well. The Ravens need a third running back and they need somebody who can contribute. You know, this can't be a seventh round undrafted guy who can't play right away. Like those guys, there are some who can, and there are some who develop really quickly in those later rounds. But I think grabbing a guy like Hassan Haskins, who we talked about last week, or Damian Pierce would be a really good investment for them, even if it does cost them a maybe a higher pick than some people would want at that position. 126, I took Max Mitchell, offensive tackle from Louisiana. Here's the offensive tackle pick. Mitchell is somebody who I like in the mid-rounds a lot. He has experience. He played against a bunch of top schools, even though he does play at Louisiana, you know, not one of the bigger schools in the country, but he still got a lot of that competition has a lot of good athletic traits. The Ravens, I talked about love their athletes. I think that he or loves, you know, it's not loved, it's loves their athletes. So I think that he could be a really good option for him. And this would be more of the, we're going to trust Juwan James and Ronnie Stanley option, but still have a player who can come in and play type deal where it's not, you're risking it all by not drafting an offensive tackle whatsoever, but you have that guy. 138, John Ridgway, interior defensive lineman out of Arkansas. He is somebody who is a force. He is a force and really good in the run game. And I think right now doesn't have maybe some of the athletic traits you would want in terms of being a pass rushing option. But if the Ravens already have Leal and they bring in a couple of other guys, I don't think they necessarily need every single player to specialize or be good as a pass rusher on their defensive line. It'd be nice. I think for Ridgeway, the way that he just asserted himself throughout the entire season, throughout his entire college career, that's somebody who you would like to have and maybe could be, you know, the Brandon Williams run stuff or replacement type deal for that. So two defensive linemen in this draft for me. 140, I took DeMarco Jackson, linebacker from Appalachian State. And he is somebody who is not the greatest athlete, but plays very hard. The Ravens, the inside linebacker position is one that if the Ravens don't resign Josh Bynes, don't resign LJ Fort, you know, they're going to have to figure out some stuff there. And I think that 
Jackson could be a very nice piece for them. And considering he could go in the later rounds, he could be a nice investment. Finally here, 194, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the corner from USC, is the selection of the last time the Ravens took a corner out of USC. It was Iman Marshall, and it has not panned out for him in Baltimore, unfortunately, due to injuries. And sometimes you just can't control that, which is unfortunate for him. But Taylor Stewart, phenomenal athlete. And I think Stewart overall is someone who is more of a, again, a project type player, but has shown a ton and a ton of flashes. But he has so much potential. He's already a good player. But if Stewart can hone in on a couple of things, he is a good tackler, very willing in the run game can do a lot of things as obviously a corner, which is, Hey, it's kind of important if you're a cornerback, by the way, he can cover. Well, he can run with receivers. He's six two. you know, he's a, a, an athletic profile guy. And I think the Ravens, again, they love their athletes. And I think they could take a risk on a guy like Taylor Stewart in the later rounds there. So that is my second mock draft Monday for the Ravens, 2022 draft season. Again, very defensive oriented, but I still think the Ravens get out of it very well. And obviously we don't know what free agency looks like. We don't know, what they're going to sign, who they're going to let go, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, the Ravens get a ton of talent. This is a team that is best player available as well as need. And I think this fills that role. Although I know, again, I would have liked to take an offensive tackle early, but the board just, it just didn't fall that way. But we'll head into our first break. Now when we get back, we'll be diving in to our first batch of Twitter mock drafts that we got. So stay tuned for that. And we will be right back. This is the time of year that people are pretty much giving up on their New Year's resolutions, but don't do that. And if your resolution is to eat right, do it with Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, you're really missing out. The Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. All Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Built Bar Puffs. They contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there are so many flavors to choose from. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're back here with our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostrak, your host, still here with you. And we just got into my mock draft. Again, very defensive-oriented. But now we're going to get into your mock drafts. We're going to dive into the ones on Twitter again. If you do not know where to submit them, I'll lay it out again. I post my mock draft on Sunday on Twitter, and then I repost it on the Lockdown Ravens account. Under that Lockdown Ravens tweet, if you put your mock draft under there, I will get to it on Monday's show. Or if I don't get it to it, then if we get too many to actually go through on Monday's show, I try to get to all of them throughout the rest of the week. And I just go by the ones I see first when I'm scrolling down here. We got a ton of them. Again, thank you to everybody who did submit these. And we'll start off with the one by Eric Clark, who is the first one I see here. So at number 14, Eric takes Trevon Walker, the edge. At number 45, Travis Jones, interior defensive lineman. Tyler Smith, interior offensive lineman at 76. Matt well, let's go offensive tackle at 99. Isaiah Thomas, the edge, not the basketball player, at 108. Cam Taylor, Britt, corner at 117. Jalen Watson, corner at 126. Jigazama tight end at 138. Mike Rose, linebacker at 140. And Tyler Aligier, running back at 194. I apologize if I don't pronounce these guys' names right off the bat. I'm still, I'm still getting familiar with this draft class. I'm getting pretty close to getting most of them, though, but this this is a good mock draft. I mean, Walker is someone who's so highly regarded. I mean, I've seen him go as high as top five, honestly, in some mock drafts I've seen. So he is he is a talented player. And he, he profiles, he can play multiple positions well. And pairing him with Travis Jones in this mock draft, the Ravens, it feels like they're going to undergo some front seven overhaul. Not, you know, taking everybody away, but 
you know, defensive line, some outside linebacker, maybe again, if the veterans aren't resigned on the inside linebacker crew. So having Walker and having Jones, I think would be two very, very good pieces. And then obviously you have Tyler Smith and Matt, Matt, well, let's go the offensive lineman duo there. And again, it's drafting for needs, but it's also understanding that the Ravens don't necessarily have to take an offensive lineman on day one. Now there is a talent drop off in the offensive lineman after a certain pick, you know, you're kind of getting there in the late second, early to mid third round. Maybe, you know, you can push the late third round there, but the Ravens also, it's not like if they don't get an offensive lineman in the first two days, let's say they're, they're not winning any games, right? There is still talent in the mid rounds. The Ravens have done a very good job at that. I love the Cam Taylor Britt pick there at 117. Eric got him later than I did. So good, good on Eric there. And then pairs him with Jalen Watson. And then obviously some of those sneaky knees we've talked about tight end running back inside linebacker, et cetera. So this is another one of those technically more defensive heavy. I mean, he had, what is this four offensive players and then six defensive players. So it's just slightly, slightly more defensive, but I still think this is a very good draft here from Eric. Let's get into a mock draft here next from Benji. Now, Benji, has a trade back scenario. So I'll read off the trade here. He trades with the Raiders and the Ravens receive pick 22, pick 54 and pick 86 in trade pick 14, pick 116, pick 193, around five in 2023 and around six in 2023. At 22, he takes Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa tackle. Then at 46, Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Trey McBride tied in from Colorado State at 54. Travis Jones, defensive lineman from Connecticut at 78 boy mafe edge at 86 in round three troy anderson linebacker from montana state at 102 then we get to the fourth round marcus jones at 107 the corner from houston damian pierce florida running back at 125 Iowa iowa state edge rusher luke fortner kentucky center and samir white running back out of georgia now the first thing i will say here is i, I like the trade back because i like trevor penning as a prospect and i know i know many people do as well but I personally would probably not take him at 14. He is a little bit too raw in a couple of areas for me to feel comfortable with him at 14. I think he's a first round guy. I just don't think he's number 14. And again, this wouldn't be like, oh, if the Ravens take Trevor Penning at 14, he's never going to be good. And this was, you know, they drafted him too early. But I do think if the Ravens can pull something like this off where they're able to trade back and pick up, an extra second and an extra third just by giving up 14 and an extra fourth and then a couple of later 2023 picks. I think that's worth it, in my opinion. Pairing him with Devontae White's a, a really good one-two combo there. Travis Jones, I mean, <laughs> Travis Jones has been in, I think, three-quarters of the mock drafts I've read out here over the first two weeks. So I'm going to have to do some deep dives into Travis Jones, who I've looked at a little bit, but maybe I'll put him on next week so that we can talk about him a little bit more. Boy, in my favorite, we talked about last week. I love that pick. Damian Pierce, we talked about in the first segment. Love that pick as well. Two running backs. I, I don't think two running backs is going to happen. I am a big advocate for one. I think that if you get a veteran option, so if, like if the Ravens re-sign Devonta Freeman, let's say, then it's more of a, ooh, let's maybe not take a running back with a mid-round pick there for the Ravens. But I think that if they don't do that and they want to go the draft route for a third down back or a number three back, a fourth round pick seems right to me. I think that's okay. And I like what Benji did here by taking Damian Pierce at 125, but I don't think that a running back in round seven would be the pick 
if they did do that, I, I think they'd go another position instead of that. But overall, a good mock draft that I like to trade back for penning. It's a different, a different thing than we've seen. And our next mock draft here from Makai has the same thing. We have a trade back. And he says, trade back, my guys are definitely T. Jones and DB versus interior rush upside and young Sam, respectively. Love Jay Woods with upside learning behind two of the best at their skill set. Special teams contributor with M. Jones and fantastic OL depth, plus starter T. Penning, plus cheap third running back. So we have the trade back. I'll read it out here. So the Ravens get pick 29, pick 47, pick 100, and a round four in 2023, and they receive number 14 or they give number 14 to the Miami Dolphins at 29 Trevor Penning is the pick the tackle from Northern Iowa round 246 guess who <laughs> Travis Jones defensive lineman Boy Mafe at number 47 Darian Beavers Cincinnati linebacker at 78 Luke Fortner Luke Fortner excuse me center out of Kentucky at 100 Kirby Joseph Illinois safety at 102 Marcus Jones corner Houston 107 116 is tacker tackle Tyler Smith out of Tulsa 125 is Damian Pierce, Florida, and then we have a trade. The Ravens receive 130 and 169, and they give up 140 and 141. So the Ravens get Mario Goodrich, corner from Clemson, at 130. Then at 169, they get Jelani Woods, tight end out of Virginia. Then Trey Turner, Virginia Tech wide receiver, at 193. And Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State corner at 231. And this is the second trade back for Trevor Penning. And I, again, agree with this sentiment where I'm personally at this point not taking Trevor Penning at 14. Uh, I'm trading back for him. And he, he's a good option there. I mean, if you can get him at 22, 29, regardless, I think he is a good back half of the first round option for the Ravens. Definitely. Travis Jones, <laughs> there's that man again. <laughs> Very popular choice. Way Mafe, I love as a developmental edge rusher guy who can come in and contribute in or on day one, Darian Beavers is, is a very nice prospect. And I, my, my range for him is third round early to late. I think that's where he'll probably go. Luke Fortner is a very solid option. If Bradley Bozeman does leave, which I mean, look, every day that passes, it's seeming more and more likely. I hope they can resign him, but we will see. Then there are a couple of secondary members here, three cornerbacks selected. I think that three corners might be one too many. I just think that depending on what happens in free agency. And obviously, again, we don't know that. So we, we just have to kind of go off what we're assuming the Ravens will do or what we think they might do. I think it might be two corners instead of three, plus the safety thrown in there as well in Kirby Joseph. Love the Damian Pierce pick. Um, the trade for 130, 140, 141, the Ravens give up. I like that as well. Tight end is, yeah, I think round four, round five is where I'd take the tight end. I know Jeremy Ruckert, he, he's a He's a little bit of an exception, but still, I think overall, this is a great draft. The Ravens get the trenches depth that they do need, and then they address their secondary, which is, I think, the secondary need to the trenches in the later portions of the draft. And finally, before we head into our final break, let's get into a mock draft from Dylan Fredlich, who says, my favorite mock comps, Kyler Gordon equals Marshawn Lattimore, Tyler Beatty equals Austin Eckler, and Jermaine Johnson equals Thomas Davis. So, Jermaine Johnson, the edge from Florida State, is at pick number 14. Kyler Gordon, Washington at number 46. Travis Jones, again, at number 78. I, let's just go a whole episode with just Travis Jones mock drafts. I'd love that. Uh, 102, tackle Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Neil Farrell Jr., LSU defensive lineman at 107. Kirby Joseph, safety at 116. John Pascal, Kentucky edge rusher at 125. Tariq Woolen, UTSA corner at 140. Alec Lindstrom, Boston College Center at 141. Tyler Beatty, running back from Missouri at 193. And Felix Jones Jr., receiver from Tennessee in the seventh round there. Funny story about Tyler Beatty. I actually went to high school with him for a couple of years. Uh, I don't know if he'll remember me. We, we were 
we were in the he was two years below me or was it three i, I can't remember but he was a couple years below me and we went to high school for a couple of years together again i'm not sure i'll even remember me but we did go to high school for a couple of years together but this is a good draft jermaine johnson i don't know if he'll be here at 14 if he is i think that's a no-brainer pick for me honestly kyler gordon's a very very high upside corner from washington another ravens corner who went to washington marcus peters so you have that connection there travis jones he he is the Ravens flock draft crush, it feels like, in the second, third rounds. And then you have, again, addressing the trenches, more of getting these other guys. Wide receiver in the seventh round, I don't know. I I, I get it. I, I do get it. I personally am not going that route right now, but I understand where it comes from. I am more on board of the, hey, the Ravens just signed a veteran at their sixth receiver position because at this moment, I don't anticipate Miles Boykin staying with the team through training camp. So. Take and sign a veteran who doesn't necessarily take away snaps from the younger guys, but can be a veteran presence in there and understands what his role is. I would like that a lot, but this is a good mock draft. Jermaine Johnson, again, he he ups this grade of the mock draft for sure, but then you have, like, I like Tariq Woolen a lot. Kirby Joseph has a lot of upside as well, and Alec Lindstrom is a nice center option in the mid to later round. So four good mock drafts there. We'll head into our final break here now, though. When we get back, we'll dive into even more of those mock drafts on Twitter. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back here with our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Monday. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. A reminder here, we are on YouTube video-wise five days a week. We put out our content Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Of course, we're on audio form as well. If you do look at YouTube and are on the video form, we put out our content again, 6 a.m. Eastern time. But it premieres on YouTube. So there's a comment section where people talk in there, and you can talk in there as the show is playing and as I'm putting out my points. So if you want to put something in right now as I'm talking, you know, you could do it. And it's a live chat on the box there, so you can tune in when it comes out as it's premiering. But if you miss the premiere and you tune in afterwards, you can still see the whole show. Not nothing, nothing wrong if you don't see the premiere. But just putting it out there if you do want to check that out. But let's dive into the final segment of Twitter mock drafts for this Monday show again. If I don't get to yours throughout the course of this show or the course of this final segment, I do try to get to all of them throughout the rest of the week. So be sure to stay tuned for the rest of the week's episodes. We have a ton of great content as always coming out. So let's talk here about a mock draft from Super Casual Takes, who says, one of my favorite mocks I've done, I think it hits almost every need while assuming the Ravens just align in free agency. So, okay. First, Super Casual Takes has the Ravens taking Andrew Booth, junior cornerback out of Clemson at pick 14. Then Travis Jones. We're continuing the Travis Jones. All right. Travis Jones, defensive lineman out of Kentucky at number 46. You have Jalen Petrie, Baylor corner at 78. Kellen Deesh. Arizona tackle at 102, John Paschal, Kentucky edge rusher at 107, Darian Beavers, linebacker at 116, Christian Watson, North Dakota State wide receiver at 125, Greg Dulcich, UCLA tight end at 140, Luke Fortner center out of Kentucky at 141, Myron Tagvailoa, Mosa edge out of Notre Dame at 193, and CJ Verdell running back out of Oregon at 231. So I have to get the uh, the uh, pretty good mock draft comment out of the way because i like this one a lot 
I think that Andrew Booth Jr., he would be a great pick for them at 14. I, I like what Super Casual Takes here did as well. He didn't necessarily overcompensate at one position. It's a very balanced draft throughout. You have two corners, two edge guys, two offensive linemen. It's very good in that way. And I think that overall, if you can get Booth, I mean, there are a bunch of those high-level corners very early in this draft, like Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, Booth himself, Trent McDuffie. There, there are a couple others as well. But I think that Booth profiles very well, very athletic, can do a lot of things. And then Petrie is more of that you can move him all over the field, do a lot of different things with him. I, I like him a lot for sure. I, I think Cesar Verdell is a nice pick in, in the later rounds as well if the Ravens decide to maybe sign a veteran there. Travis Jones, obviously, that's the Ravens' flock draft crush. I got to give love to Travis Jones as well. And I think getting a tackle at 102 is not is not terrible at all. I mean, this would be, a, yeah, maybe the Ravens address it more in free agency than in the draft because I know a lot of people are clamoring for, look, if the Ravens don't take a tackle in the first two rounds, what are they doing? And look, there is a very talented bunch of those guys in the first two rounds for sure. But if the Ravens love a couple guys and they're not offensive linemen and the board falls in a different way, then you could, you could look at it in a different way. So yeah, I think overall, this is a very good mock draft, a solid one, a wide receiver in round four, depending on the talent and Watson, Christian Watson is very talented, could be the pick. Could not be the pick. We don't really know. So we'll, we'll figure that out as we go in the Ravens sign or not sign people through free agency, of course. So let's talk now about a mock draft from B. Ward. And B. Ward says, theme of this mock is size and speed. So there is a trade here. The Ravens, first of all, though, select Sauce Gardner, corner out of Cincinnati at number 14. Then there is the trade, number 53 and 85, the Ravens receive for number 46 and 193. So Look, moving back seven spots to pick up a round three pick for a round six pick, I, I like that a lot. So the Ravens take Daniel Falele, the Minnesota tackle at 53. Then Tyler Smith, so doubling down at tackle at number 78. Then you have Troy Anderson, the linebacker out of Montana State at 85. Marcus Jones at 102, the corner. John Paschal, edge 107. Neil Farrell Jr., LSU defensive lineman at 116. Luke Fortner, you have at 125. The center Treek Woolen corner from UTSA at 140, Jesse Lucetta, Penn State edge at 141, Cameron Latu, Alabama tight end at 231. So I like Sauce Gardner a lot. He's one of my top rated corners. I have him at number two. I have Derek Stingley number one, Sauce Gardner number two, Andrew Booth number three. I, I saw rumblings. I don't know how true it is, but I saw rumblings that Stingley shut down Jamar Chase in practice a couple times. So take that as you will. Again, I don't know if it's true. I'd have to do a little bit more research, but I saw a couple of rumblings of that on Twitter somewhere. So, you know, believe Twitter, who knows, but you know, I'll look more into that, but I like this a lot. The one, two punch of Gardner and Falele is, is great. And this would be one of, one of my dream scenarios. Plus again, you pick up that extra third round pick for moving back seven spots in the draft. Like, I think that's really, really good. Then you have, again, two corners, you have two edge rushers, a tight end later, a center defensive lineman, maybe, Maybe in terms of like positional picks, the Ravens would switch the linebacker pick with the defensive line pick, depending on who's available, of course. So maybe at 85, there's a defensive lineman and then 116, there's a linebacker. But I mean, I like this a lot. Again, the one-two punch there gives this mock draft a very, very good grade, in my opinion. Then you have the late steals again, Luke Fortner, Tariq Wool, and a couple of those. So I like this mock draft a lot from B. Ward. Let's now talk about a mock draft. From Nick Allen, who says, thanks for the shout out on last week's show. No problem at all. Thank you. I have built a solid case in my head for Lloyd if the top three edge and top two corners are gone by 14. So 
We have Nick taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah at 14. Then Ajay Sanders, Cincinnati edge at 46. Tyler Smith tackle at 78. Neil Farrell Jr., defensive lineman at 102. Jeremy Ruckert, Ohio State tight end at 107. I like that range for Ruckert. 116, you have Marcus Jones, corner from Houston. Tariq Woolen, UTSA corner, 125. Jaquandre White, the halfback from South Carolina at 140. Nick Cross, safety from Maryland at 141. Matt Areza, or punter from San Diego State at 193. And Kyle Phillips, wide receiver at 231. So, yeah, I mean, look, Devin Lloyd is an electric prospect, and he was mocked to the Ravens really early on in the draft process. Like, I'm talking, like, in-season mock drafts. But, obviously, he he and Patrick Queen are similar in some aspects, and I don't know if the Ravens would want to have those double-down traits, although Lloyd is extremely, extremely talented. And, yeah, this, again, Nick says, if the top three edge guys, top two corners are gone at 14, maybe you look at a guy like Devin Lloyd. Now, if Ikki Aquanu is there at 14, if you don't know, he is my number one guy for the Ravens. I, I love his game. I think he'd be great on the Ravens, but... Again, he's probably not making it to 14. So Lloyd, is he's a, he's a different pick than we've seen here. And also, shout out to Travis Jones, even though he's not in this mock draft. He hasn't been in the last two. But Marcus Jones is becoming that new Ravens draft, crush the corner out of Houston. But again, you, you see the duality of some of these picks, like two corners, corner among the mock drafts we've done here today has been one of the positions that seems like a lot of people are looking to upgrade a ton. Tyler Smith is one of the best, I think third round ish tackles. Like I have a second to fourth round grade on myself to kind of narrow down those grades a little bit, but I think, yeah, this is a very interesting draft because you have Devin Lloyd, you have an edge rusher at 46. So you're kind of building up the front seven on the defensive line with three picks there. You have linebacker at 14 edge at 46 and defensive lineman at 102 and then obviously the tackle at 78 and finally we'll do one more here let's dive into a mock draft from a.a burner who says waited on ot but i actually liked how this draft fell first here we have trevon walker edge out of georgia travis jones there he is all right we rounded out well with travis jones a pick 45 ed ingram interior offensive lineman at 76 jesse lucada linebacker at 99 alec lindstrom Offense or interior offensive lineman at 108. Martin Emerson, corner at 117. Max Mitchell, offensive tackle at 126. Alec Pierce, wide receiver at 138. Tyson Anderson, safety at 140. And Radian Lowe, offensive tackle at 194. So Trayvon Walker, Travis Jones beefing up the interior of that defensive line. Then you have Ed Ingram to beef up the interior of that offensive line. And then this is a very, again, front seven slash interior offensive heavy draft where Alec Lindstrom, again, beefs it up. Jesse Lucada, linebacker, beefs it up on the front seven a little bit. Then you have the other types of needs, like the secondary need for corner at 117, offensive tackle at 126. We talked about Max Mitchell on this show. Interesting, no running back and yes, wide receiver. And then there's another offensive tackle here. My thing with the Ravens offensive line, and I'll talk about this a little bit throughout the rest of the week, is they have a lot of younger options. So that's why I've talked about like, hey, what are they going to do with Ben Powers? Can they afford to take four offensive linemen in one draft. Honestly, I don't, at this point, I don't think they can because they're going to be working with a ton of other guys who they have under contract. They can get rid of a few of them, but I anticipate this being a three offensive linemen draft for them. Maybe it's two, maybe it's four, but at this point, I think it will be three, but you have talent here. Again, Trayvon Walker, best available player here for sure. At this point, it feels like Travis Jones, that draft crush for the people we've looked at mock drafts for here today. And then you have, again, it's needs-based a little, but you also have best available to the point where you're not forcing players or positions at certain areas. So 
a great round of mock drafts on Twitter. Again, if we didn't get to yours here today, we'll be sure to try to get to it throughout the rest of the week. So stay tuned for those shows. But that's all I have for you today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. We'll be diving into more Ravens talk. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you tomorrow.